0: Hello, and welcome to the Teaching Ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn in your Bible this morning to three openings and uh, hold your place there, put your piece of paper there. If you have a Tablet or something you can, if you can open three different scriptures at one time side by side, whatever you can do, to. Uh, so we're going to turn. We're going to turn to this first one last. So I'll give you the last one, then the next one, then the first one. The last one is first. If that makes sense, First John chapter five verse fourteen. First John five fourteen. That'll be the last one we turn to in this section anyway. And then uh, Mark twenty. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. Amen. And then Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hallelujah. We're going to look at those scriptures. We'll start with Hebrews 11.1, 1, go to Mark 11.24, 20, and then First John 5.14. Last Sunday, I left you with these ideas that if you're going to be strong in faith, and that's what these, these messages are, are about, a faith tune-up, uh, having fresh faith. You know, your faith has to be fresh. Just like the children of Israel, they were they were commanded together just enough manna for that day and eat it and not stockpile it because they had to have fresh manna every day. We can't live on stale manna. We can't live on yesterday's uh, blessing. We can't live on yesterday's understanding of the scriptures. We can't believe on uh, uh, or live on yesterday's revelation. It has to be fresh. Amen. And, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Well, if it if it comes by hearing, we're going to have to keep hearing. Amen. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come and stay because you have heard. It comes by hearing the ongoing, uh, process of hearing the word of God. That's how we maintain faith. Amen. And so last week, the last thing that I left you with is that if you're going to be strong in faith, the word has to be first place. It has to be the number one thing in your life above everything else. You have to put the word of God first. Amen. Not your ideas, not not what your family told you. And, and, and if you know, this is not disparaging your family, but uh, you know, I love my grandparents and my parents, but they didn't know everything about the Bible that I know. But and and thank God, I believe my grandchildren will know more about the Bible than I do. And, I mean, we should be growing. Amen. My, my granddaddy, you know, he, he had some weird ideas. He was a good man, faithful Christian man and, and raised his family, but he had some, he had some ideas that were just traditions. I don't even know where he got them. And, uh, but, uh, people believe their traditions. And, and particularly in sort of in honor of their parents or their grandparents or in respect of their pastor or their church or the upbringing, they just hold on to those things as if to, to question them questions the, the, the integrity of the person. It doesn't at all. When you find something from the Bible that is, that is different, that contradicts what you thought is true, then you have to believe what is true. You have to believe the Bible. Amen. I'd rather honor God and really honoring God is the best way to honor my, my forefathers. Because they, they believed to the best of their ability and, and they fought and, and, and paid a price for the things that they did know that was right. And, and to, to honor God and put him first and his word first is to honor them. Amen. So it's not your opinions that we have to, def- that we're, that you are to defer to. It's not the opinions of other people. It's not, uh, some special word that you got from the Lord, a prophecy or, you know, be careful of people prophesying over you. Amen. Because sometimes people are motivated by a lot of different things and a lot of that leaches into what they say. Amen. And uh uh you know, we're not to be led in by dreams and visions. It has to agree with the word. The word is the standard. The word is the is the gold standard that everything else has to uh 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 conform to. Amen? Glory to God. So put the word first. In in fact, I I made the statement that you know you have to you have to love the word of God. You have to love it. If you only read the Bible when you come to church, come on now. If you if you only read the Bible once a week, or if you only read the Bible every day, just to get your passages in, just to get your fifteen minutes or your chapter in, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a discipline. I, I encourage that, having a discipline to read through the Bible. I do that, but I I, I, I make sure this. I make sure. And it, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge because I'm reading through and then I get stuck, you know, because, and uh, I'm trying to get through this chapter and it's taken me a week, you know. And, and sometimes I have to discipline myself to come back and meditate, meditate on some truths and just read this just to get it in me, just to, just to stay full of it. But, but you have to get to the place where you, where you love the word of God. Where you think about it, where you, where it's on your mind that you, that you, uh, order your day because of what you know in the Bible. Turn with me. I didn't tell you this, but turn with me. This will be the real first one. Turn with me to, uh, the 119th Psalm. This will illustrate for you what it means to love the Word of God. Amen. The 119th Psalm. And, uh, uh, it has a few verses. (laughs) The 119th Psalm. Glory to God. Verse number nine says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Amen. You with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wonder from your commandments. When he talks about commandments, precepts, judgments, uh, and, and all of that, it all of those are just words, different uh, uh, expressions for the word. He said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen, verse 15, verse 14 says, I have I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. He's saying he loves the word of God even like riches. He said, I will meditate on your precepts. I will contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statues. I will not forget your word, glory to God. Amen. Verse 20 says, revive me according to your word. In verse 42, for I trust in your word. Verse 48, I will meditate on your statutes. Verse 50, for your word has given me life. Verse 54, your statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. I remember your name in the night, O Lord. Glory to God. Verse 62, at midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you. How about setting your clock for midnight just to get up and give thanks to God, amen? Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah, you have dealt with me, uh, your servant, verse 65 says, oh Lord, according to your word. Verse 72 says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Woo, hallelujah, verse 78, but I will meditate on your precepts. In verse number uh Eighty-nine Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Verse 692, rather. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my afflictions. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Glory to God. Oh, verse 97 says, oh, I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. It's his meditation all the day, and at night, at midnight, he gets up to give thanks. Glory to God. Verse number 103. How sweet are you your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth verse 65 your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path revive me verse 107 says "O oh lord according to your word your verse 111 says your testimonies i have taken as a heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart he said this is what gets me going and keeps me going glory to god hallelujah Verse 116, hold me according to your word that I may live. Hold me up and I shall be safe, verse 117 says. Verse number 124, deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. That is your word. Verse 130, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Verse number 148, if all day long and at midnight wasn't enough, Verse 148 says, my eyes awake through the night watches that I might meditate on your word. So he's up more than just at midnight. Glory to God. Meditating on the word. Hallelujah. Verse 154, revive me according to your word. Verse 156, revive me according to your judgments. 159, revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. Verse 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Ooh, how, is, d- does that describe you? Do you rejoice at the word just like you just found a big box of, of of gold somewhere out in the woods? You're out turkey hunting and you stumble across something and there's a big box of gold. Would you, Would you rejoice over that? Amen. Rejoice over the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Great peace, verse 165 says, have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Woo, hallelujah. The New English Bible says no pitfalls beset their path. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. That's the man that we just described. That's the man who's strong in faith. That's the man who's strong in faith. That's the man whose faith is working, is producing, he's getting answers to his prayers, God is delivering him, he's overcoming, because the word of God, he loves it with everything in his being. Amen. Glory to God. Put the word first place in your life. Amen. Now, glory to God. Go with me to Hebrews, and we'll look at, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, let's talk about this faith. What is it? How do we operate in it? Amen. Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want you to notice, first of all, that faith has to do with your hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You, you have to start with hope. You have to start with a desire. You can, we don't turn there, but the other scripture I gave you is Mark eleven twenty four, And the older King James says, what thing soever you desire. There has to be a desire in your life. You have to, you have, to have a vision for something. Amen. If you don't, if a person doesn't have hope, what is he? He's hopeless. Your hope is that thing that you're reaching for. We should always have things ahead of us that, that we're reaching for, that things that we can take uh, a hold of, things that we can take into our life and receive and be blessed in that are, that are more and greater and taking us further than we are today. Amen. If you don't, like I said, if you don't have a, a, a hope for more, you're, you're hopeless and, and you, will, you will live a mediocre Christian life. Amen. Now, we're not talking about just an unholy lust for more and more things because they can never satisfy. We're talking about a godly hope, a godly desire. Amen. Now, go with me to uh, 1 John and let's look at the fifth chapter. That's the last one I gave you. First John chapter 5. And look at verse number 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask, or you could say if we desire. If we have hope. We have something we're reaching for. It has to be according to his will. Amen. Now the will of God is essential. He's not talking about hoping for things that, that uh, are outside the will of God. He's talking about hoping for things that, that belong to us. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. The will of God has three, sometimes in this context, three uh, different levels. You know, there is God's specific will for your life. In other words, there are some things God requires of you. Amen. Are you reaching for those things? Are you really reaching for what you know God has shown you from his word and by his spirit that, that he wants you to do in this life? That, that's, that's a hope that's set before you. You reach for it. You go toward it. Amen. But you have to do that. If you don't if if we get to the end of our lives and we stand before the Lord and we haven't accomplished what he told us and we know what it was his will to do and we didn't do it, we're going to come up short. The Bible talks about being ashamed at his coming. Not ashamed of, of uh in the sense of being lost, but knowing we didn't get it done. We didn't do what he asked us to do. No, the will, the will, there's, there's that part of the will of God, that first part, the things that he requires of you and me. It's not always the same for every person. Amen. Then there's secondly, things that align with his will. They might not be specifically something that, that uh, he requires of you, but it goes along with it. For instance... We know that God wills you go to church. This isn't a message this morning about church attendance. It's just an illustration. God wills that every Christian go to church. Now, some people can't go, but few. Few people that stay out, stay out because they can't go. God wills you go to church. He requires that of you. Well, then he wills that you have transportation. That's <laughs> Public transportation is unreliable. You couldn't you couldn't re, uh, rely on public transportation to get you here. The bus doesn't come here. Amen. Public transportation is not uh, uh, universally available, and relying on church friends is unreliable too. <laughs> Besides that, it's irresponsible. Come on now, now you know we we have compassion on people who can't help for themselves, but but. Right on the other hand, uh, I'm not just going to keep picking somebody up to bring them to church when I know they're not doing anything to get themselves here. Well, come on. So God expects us to, to do better than that. Well, then, he, then it's His will that you have your own transportation. Wouldn't it be? You won't find that in the Bible, but that makes sense. Now, He doesn't care what kind you have. God doesn't care what kind of car you drive. He, he, he's not offended at the most, he's not offended at the ugliest vehicle out there. Neither is he offended at the most opulent vehicle out there. You're never, gonna, you're never going to impress God with your chariot as opposed to his chariot. <laughs> so God got, people get offended about a lot of things, but that, and it's not from God. God doesn't care what you drive or what you wear or anything else, Amen. But uh, He wants your car to run good. I, do they sell cars that are manual shift anymore? Yeah, they do. Sports cars. I remember the day when 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 I had to get somebody to push me down the road and to pop the clutch, you know, just to get the thing to, to crank for a run. That's not the best. That's not God's best. God God wouldn't want you having to have your neighbors push you down the driveway every Sunday morning (laughs) so you get your car cranked. So God would want you to have a a reliable car. He'd like like to have you a good car. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. So these are things that aren't necessarily His specific will, but they align with His will. Amen. Amen. And then there are things that are consistent with His will. That, That is, they're not contrary to His will. And and that goes back to when when he said that uh whatever you ask, just whatever you ask, if it meets the above requirements that it's not contrary to his will, then ask whatever. I'm amazed at people who struggle over the whatever prayers. Religion has talked people out of their inheritance because they read scriptures like like go go to go to, to, to uh the gospel of John. Go to the sixth. I love the 16th chapter of John. This verse 23 and 24, I just love it. It thrills me every time I read it. John 16, 23 says, In that day you will ask me nothing, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask, verse 24 says, until now you have have asked nothing. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The religious mind always says, now, wait a minute, brother. You know, God's not just interested in just giving you just any and every little old thing your heart's desire. Well, Mark 11 says, whatever things you desire, when you pray. Now, again, it has to be consistent with the will of God. can't be contrary to the Bible. It has to align itself with the scripture, certainly. But God wants us to have a full life, to enjoy the things that belong to us, and enjoy the things that we want. I didn't get as many many amens on that one as that of the previous previous one. Go, Go back to 1 John 5 again. Let's look at it. If we ask anything according to his will, ooh, got to, you know, can't be anything more than his will. You know, God doesn't want me to have much, just, just enough to get by. That's not true. Verse 14, 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. Are you making petitions of God? You need to. Amen. Uh, Now, if you have desires that are outside the will of God and outside the Bible, you need to crucify those. You just need to crucify them. You just need to get them out of your life. God's plan for us and his provision is so much better and higher than anything that, that the natural Flesh could ever desire. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew 21. I'm just trying to drill this whatever into your thinking. Matthew 21. Hallelujah. And let's look at verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Whatever. Mark eleven twenty four. whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, and let's look at verse number 8. Matthew 6, for your father knows the things you have need of, so you don't even need to ask. You know, that's what a lot of people believe. They just believe, I just believe the Lord will give me what He knows is best. I don't know what's best. I don't want to ask because I might ask for something that's not right. I don't know. I mean, I want to be healed, but I don't know if it's His will for me to be healed. Maybe there's a secret mission He has, you know, a secret thing going on that I can, you know, profit somehow in His eyes by suffering through what I'm going through. So I'm not going to ask. No, that's not what this says. He said he knows the things you have before you ask him. The things you need before you. That means we're supposed to ask him Amen. for the things we need and the things we desire. Glory to God. And then go over to 7.7, uh, 7, Matthew 7.7. 7, ask and it will be given to you. Verse eight says for everyone who asks receives. Not, not the people who don't ask. It doesn't say God will give you what he wants you to have without you doing something. A lot of people have that idea. Well, I'm just trusting God. He knows what I need and he'll provide my needs. Well, he, you're supposed to ask. He tells us to ask. Well, glory to God. The, 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 the real uh, powerful one here among these is, is uh, uh, John 15. John 15. You really got to get this into your, into your heart. John 15, verse seven. If you abide in me, and you're like that Psalm 119 man, If you abide in me and you're like that Psalm 119 man, that means my words abide in you. The word of God is not gonna abide in us if we don't put it in us. And if we don't, and I'm not talking about just your chapters, I'm talking about it making it a part of your life that you live on it, that you turn to it. He said, if you abide in me and my words have taken root, they've taken up, Home. They've come to live. Yeah. They've taken up residence. They're producing. They're, they're alive in you. Yeah. Yeah. God. Then you will ask what you desire. The Williams translation says, you'll ask whatever you please and it shall be done to you. Ask whatever you please. You see, now the, the safety net that's built in here, is God's word abiding in you. When the word of God abides in you the way we're talking about this morning, you won't ask for something that's wrong. You won't ask for something that's gonna take away from somebody else. You won't ask something that, that, that just gratifies the flesh and leads you into sin. Amen. You won't ask for something that just glorifies you and glorifies man and glorifies the natural. You'll ask for things that glorify God. In fact, this verse, he goes on to talk about that. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you please and it shall be done. Now notice, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. The fruit he's talking about here isn't the fruit of love and joy and peace. And that's not the fruit. He's talking about prayer fruit. Your context is, by this, by what? By that previous verse. By, by his word abiding in you and letting his word create desires in you. Then you can ask whatever your heart desires because your heart is full of the word and it'll be done. And because of this, through this, by this thing that we just described, the father is glorified. When we, when we bear fruit for him. Oh, church. Don't live life below your rights and privileges. Amen. It it seems to me that, that, you know, you've probably noticed I've been pastoring now for 42 years, in my 43rd year. And you've probably noticed I've gotten older. I was 27 when I found my wife and I founded this church. 27 years old. Uh, I have gotten older. And I have noticed some things about people as they age. And there is a laziness that sets in. where, Where the blessings of God are concerned. There is a a tendency and I have to fight it. There's a tendency to be to just uh, to not reach anymore. To be satisfied. Well, this is what I have and this is what you know I've been able to do and 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 I'm in my retirement years, and you know i, 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 I there's not really any new frontiers for me and and I'm just going to sort of gather the the wagons around you know and 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 just try to you know keep my face you know pulled up a little bit you know and and, and just try to make it through the rest of this race you know and and, and, uh, and die okay, That's not the will of God. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Well, who fixed it? God didn't fix your income at $100,000 a year. He didn't fix that. Amen. Well, I've, I've got these investments and... and well, well who, who said that, that, that uh, your investments are your, are your source? Oh, yeah, you use your assets, but God is your source. God is bigger than your IRA. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, He's bigger than that. Amen. And and a, a lot of people don't want anything because they say, "Well, we're supposed to be satisfied." Well, there is a there is a godly dignity in in like Paul said. I have learned in every uh, place of life, to, you know, to to uh, to be content. There is a godly contentment, so that we're not we're not supposed to be. Uh, uh, distraught and upset about things we don't have. Supposed to be thankful for what we do have and enjoy life. But that doesn't mean that, that, uh, we're just supposed to be satisfied when, when we know that God promises us more. Because God will meet, God meets your faith and will meet your faith as long as you live if you'll keep feeding it. If you'll keep feeding it, if you'll keep feeding it, if you'll keep feeding it, if you'll keep confessing the word, if you'll keep living what you know to live, expecting God to do more. I tell you what, God can get finances to you. He can get strength to you. That's beyond the natural. He can revive every aspect of your life, revitalize you, I mean, transform you. It doesn't matter. Glory to God. God is God. He's not getting old. <laughs> He's not slowing down. Amen. Amen. He's not limping around either. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever. I'm going to read it again. If you abide in me and my words have taken a deep root in you. This is not just somebody who can, who can quote a few scriptures if God's word abides in you, then you will ask whatever your heart desires. William's translation says, whatever you please, and it will be done for you, and your father is glorified. God gets glory when we ask him for things that that we could do without but because it pleases us and it's consistent with the word and it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's in harmony with the word. God gets glory when we ask in faith and he responds to our faith. I'll never forget the story. I heard it many, many years ago. I've heard it many times. I heard Dad Hagen talk about when his wife, Aretha, she had this tumor in her neck. They called it a Goiter. And uh, is that a thyroid problem? And uh, it was getting larger and larger. And, and she had the premonition that this thing would eventually kill her. And they prayed about it. She couldn't lay hold of it with her faith, you know, to, to get delivered. And Dad Hagen said in prayer, he knew that she was going to die if she didn't get delivered from that thing. So, so he went to the Lord and spent some time praying about it. Because, you know, it's not just, it's not just, uh, you have to get revelation. Sometimes you, you've got to have God to inspire you, to show you where you're missing it. And uh, he said, Lord, he said, here's, here's the deal. He said, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've lived with these, this woman these years and I've trained her. She knows how, how I minister. She's a good wife. She's, she's, she's helpful. I, I, he said, I need her. I need her. He said, so I'm asking you to heal her for me. I said, I know she's not, she's not 100% in her faith. I'm asking you to do this for me. I need her. If I have to get married again, he said, because I'm not going to live alone. He said, I have to get married again. Then I'm going to have to train somebody all over again. I know you, like, you women don't like that, do you? <laughs> he said, uh, you know, he's talking about training her in, in the ways of ministry and, 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 and so forth. He said, I'm gonna have to, st- I'm gonna have to start over. And, and he said, I need, I, need my, I love my wife. I wanna keep this wife. He said, the Lord spoke to him. I don't know if he said he, he appeared to him or spoke to him. He said, son, he said, I'm gonna do this for you Simply because you asked me to. He said, you don't know how many times, this is the father speaking. He said, you don't know how many times I've longed to do for my children, but they simply wouldn't ask. He said, it gratifies my heart when my children just ask for things that they desire. That was consistent with the Bible. It was not contrary to the Bible. It was personal, something that he needed and desired. God said, "You just don't know how much I long to do for my children if they just ask me." So I'm going to give you that. And, well, your your wife is going to live. So he, you know, he told us. I he said, "Lord, told me here's what we're going to do. You're going to go in. You're going to have that surgery, and you're going to live. You're not going to die." She went in. She had surgery. She lived until she was 80. She outlived him. She lived till she was in her late 80s, I think. And uh, praise the Lord. God will respond to us and he's glorified when we ask. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.